you. And we are so thankful today that we know you, Father, but we want everybody to know you in the power of your resurrection. And we ask, God, that your anointing would rest upon every person that is here. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. All right, you may be dismissed to your classes. Of course, the adults will stay in here with me. Amen. And the adults, if you'll turn with me to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. In the New Testament. Praise God. And if we get through soon enough in here, we'll run out there and see what they're doing, okay? <laughs> that be all right with y'all? I really want to know what's happening out there, man. Praise God. In Acts chapter 2, everybody give you a little time to find that. Acts chapter 2. Does everybody have that? Okay. We're talking about the passion of the early church. The passion of the early church. Amen. And they did have a passion for the Lord. And not just the Lord, but His kingdom, His purpose, and everything that had to do with God. So in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, it says this, and I'm going to read a couple of verses. I'm going to let you sit down, but we're going to cover Acts 2 in the context of the passion of the early church, okay? <clears throat> There's a lot of ways to preach the book of Acts, but this is something I want us to see is just how on fire they really were and how committed they really were. In Acts 2 and verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, say fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, say suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Say mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all, say all, filled. All filled. Not some, but all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Say all were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Father, we just thank you right now for your awesome word today, your awesome presence. I thank you, Lord Jesus. You're going to talk to everybody that is here and meet with us today. We love you and we praise you. And everybody said in Jesus' name. You may be seated. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, is we're, going to, we're going to cover the whole chapter 2, but I want you to see something here. The Bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, so notice what God is doing. Say, passion of the early church. Notice even the very beginning, it starts with full terms. When the day of Pentecost was fully come. There's nothing halfway about God. A lot of people, you know, they want to live for God sort of halfway. But there's nothing halfway with God. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. The Bible says they were all with one accord in one place in verse 2. And suddenly. Have you ever wondered what church is supposed to be like? We're going to find out in the book of Acts. 
Because the book of Acts is the pattern for the early church. Praise the Lord. And I know that everybody in here has at some point gone to different churches, right? And they have different types of moves and responses and ways. And sometimes they go and they just sit there and look, you know. And it's very liturgical. They go through a liturgy and they, they pretty much follow the book, right? And it's, and it's pretty dead. Sorry to say, it's pretty dead. And then you go to other churches and man, they're hanging from the ceiling. And they're running around the church. And they're jumping up and down and they're shouting and they're praising God out loud. You know, it almost sounds like a football game. It, you know what I'm saying. And it has always amazed me that somebody can go to a sporting event or some kind of entertaining event and get really caught up in it, you know, in the emotion of it. And then they'll go to church and just sit there. So you're, you're looking at an old-fashioned Lutheran. And I'm not putting that down. I'm just telling you my background. You're looking at an old-fashioned Lutheran. And Lutherans are about as reserved as they, they come. I mean, I think even, the, you know, the Catholic people are a little bit more emotional than the Lutherans are. And I'm, I'm not putting this down. I want you to hear where I'm coming from. You're looking at a Lutheran this morning. You're looking at a Holy Ghost-filled Lutheran. Because <laughs> I believe in justification by faith, which is what Luther taught. Hallelujah. And you're looking, in a sense, you're looking at a Baptist this morning. Because I do believe in the full immersion of water baptism. Hallelujah. And you're looking at a Methodist in some sense of the word. Because I do believe in the method of holiness. Which is what John Wesley taught. Hello. Are y'all with me here? And you're looking at a Pentecostal apostolic this morning. Because I've been filled with the Holy Ghost like they were on the day of Pentecost. And I'm apostolic because I preach exactly what the apostles preached. So I don't really care what denomination you've, you know, had some influence by. You've got them all here this morning. Why well, settle for one when you can have them all? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In a sense, I'm sort of Catholic too. You know why? Because I do believe in the universal church. Not the universal church of the cosmic world, but the universal church of Jesus Christ. And I do believe that this is a universal message that should go forth to all nations and to all people. So, you know, hallelujah, I'm pretty much everything. <laughs> Get ready. So say with me when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were with one accord in one place. You're fixing to find out what the church is supposed to be like. Is it supposed to be this formal thing? No, watch what happens. The Bible said, and suddenly, this is the birthday of the church. Suddenly, there came a sound, say a sound, from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. So it's fully come and it's rushing. Say rushing. It's not very gently. It's not a zephyr. You know what a zephyr is, don't you? It's this just real gentle breeze that comes. The, when the church was founded and started, who started it? The Lord started His church. When He started His church, it wasn't a little breeze, a little zephyr that came in there. It was a rushing. 
rushing. And it says it wasn't, you know, just real passive. It was passionate. It was rushing. And it was a mighty wind. Look at your nose say a, a mighty wind. I mean, it was a passionate wind when it came in there. Woo. Say powerful wind. Wouldn't you have liked to have been there and the Spirit of God moved in there like that? I mean, and you could literally just feel the effects of that power and rush it. And there was a sound also. Sounded like a freight train coming. Sounded like a tornado when it broke loose. It was a mighty, it was a blast. It wasn't a zephyr. God never intended his church to be this quiet, reserved, passive institution. That is why for the most part that the bars are filled. That's why for the most part people are on drugs. They are looking for a high. They are looking for something they can be passionate about. Because in a sense the church has failed the world. Because it has become this passive institution where there's no life-changing power. Nothing that satisfies the heart. So people are going out in the world and trying to find it there. But I'm here to tell you right now that God's church is not that way. That God's church is a church full of power. It's full of excitement. It's the only thing that will satisfy you is to be filled with that spirit. And I've told you before, I remember the first time I ever walked into a Pentecostal church, this Lutheran, that's used to going to church and sitting there and going... And I walked into an apostolic Pentecostal church. And one lady was standing over here and she was crying out loud. And another was on the other side of the church. And she was rejoicing and had so much joy and laughter. And I was wondering who was right. I was in the same church. They were in the same house, the same church location, in the same building, right? And one's crying and one is shouting. I'm going, boy, something really weird going on here. Wonder who's right, the one that's sad or the one that's happy. I came to find out they were both right. One was crying not because she was sad. She was crying. She just had so much love and so much joy flowing out of her soul. She was expressing it with tears. And then this one over here, she was just jumping and shouting and praising God. And woo, dad said a little bit. And that was really weird for a Lutheran to see. Because I had never seen anything like that. In fact, I used to go there every once in a while, you know, visit the Baptist church. And every once in a while, some guy back there would say, Amen, while the preacher was, preacher was preaching, you know. And I, Lutherans are so reserved that when this man said, Amen, out loud, I wanted to turn around and say, Shh. You're interrupting the service. In fact, I remember asking some people in my family, say, Why do they say out loud, out, you know, Amen, out loud like that? Don't they know they're supposed to be quiet in church? <laughs> See, that's how reserved the Lutheran movement <laughs> is. You with me here? Woo! Say a rushing, mighty wind. So when I walked into that Pentecostal service, man, they weren't just saying amen every once in a while. I mean, I got them crying. I've got them shouting. I've got them dancing. I've got them running. I've... I mean, the whole place is on fire. And, of course, my, my good friend, my best friend that I went to school with, who later committed suicide, I hate to tell you, 
told me before I went. He said, I went to Pentecostal church one time. And he said, they get you and they throw you on the floor. He said, you never want to go there because they'll get you and throw you on the floor. And so I walked that Pentecost church. I was waiting for them to grab me and throw me on the ground. <laughs> Hallelujah. To make a long story short, though, when I left that church service that morning, I knew they had something I didn't have. And I was raised in church all of my life. But I knew those people had something I didn't have. And guess what happened to me? I found out what they had that I didn't have. And I went down in water in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, I was already baptized before in the titles. Then all of a sudden I found out I need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And we're going to see that next too. And I said, so hey, I need this, so let's go. It's in the Bible. If it's in the Bible, take me. I don't want to debate it. I don't want to discuss it. I need it. Take me and duck me. They wanted to baptize me in Jesus' name. It completely changed my life. I stopped partying. I stopped the drugging stuff. I stopped the drinking stuff. I found something that was real in my life. Now, 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 now you got to see this Lutheran coming up out of the water, though. I come up real liturgical. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Real formal. And see, when you get the Holy Ghost, the Bible said if you open your mouth, he will fill it. But you see, I didn't know that. So when I came up out of the water, I went like this. You're not going to make me speak in tongues. I kept my mouth closed. Well, if you keep your mouth closed, you're not going to speak in tongues. You got to open your mouth. And if you'll open your mouth, he will fill it. So I came out of the water all formal, you know, but something had happened in my life. Man, that water baptism changed my life, just that. And so I'd walk around, and, I'd, and, and for some reason, God always had me, you know, come in contact with tongue-talking people. After I was water baptized in His name, you know, and these tongue-talking people walk up to me and say, you know what, when you get the Holy Ghost, you speak in tongues. And I said, well, I don't believe that you have to speak in tongues to get the Holy Ghost. That was my famous saying, hallelujah. I was a theologian at 18. I don't believe you got to speak in tongues to get the Holy Ghost. And I'd say that to him, and here comes another one. Man, you, when you get the Holy Ghost, you speak in tongues. Have you spoken in tongues yet? I said, I don't believe you got to speak in tongues to get the Holy Ghost. I know I got Jesus in my heart. In fact, I was baptized in his name, and everything's okay. And God just kept bringing him. These people that speak in tongues, he just kept putting them in my path, you know. And so one day, I remember the day, me and my buddies, we went and played Robotron. Hallelujah. Y'all know what Robotron is? That's an arcade game, you know. And boy, we were good at it. We'd put one quarter in there in 7-Eleven, and we'd play all day on one quarter. I mean, we were good at it, you know. That was our pastime. We played all day, you know. And I found out about this revival. Uh, that Brother Dice was going to be preaching in. And of course, I didn't know Brother Dice at the time. But I went to that service, and, and in the meantime, while we were playing Robotron, I had got into a discussion again about speaking in tongues. And I told them, I said, I don't believe you got to speak in tongues to get the Holy Ghost. And I fought it all day long. And then I went to that revival. And Brother Dice was preaching, you know. And he said, any of you want the Holy Ghost, if you'll come up here right now, speaking in tongues, he said, you can receive it right now. 
Well, here goes this Lutheran. Who had been fighting it all day long, you know. This one woman, one sister, young lady, walked up to the front. She gets the Holy Ghost. Brother Dice lays hands on her. She gets the Holy Ghost, starts speaking in tongues. Well, something, you know, I'd been fighting it all day long. See, when you fight it the hardest, you're the next. When you say, I, never, never. Don't ever say never. Because when you start saying never, you're going to be the next one up there. So I've been saying never all day long. And all of a sudden, I find myself standing there. I don't know how I got there. Walked up there. Hallelujah. And Brother Dice, man, I want you to know, he laid his hands on me. I lifted my hands. And when he laid his hands on me, it felt like electricity. It felt like lightning that hit me. From the top of my hands all the way to my shoes, man. It was like power and glory and like electricity flowing through my body. I went down to my knees and I started speaking in tongues. As the Spirit gave the utterance, this Lutheran got filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Now, I'm not telling you that when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, that lightning is going to hit you. But that's what happened to me. I couldn't even stand up, man. I just, okay. I just got on my knees, just started worshiping, praising God. He's an awesome God. He's real. This experience is real. And I had gone to the race in the Lutheran church and gone from church to church looking for this experience. And I want you to know when I found this, my search ended. Not search for truth, but a search for new birth experience, genuine salvation. I stopped looking. I knew I had got it. But, but that's not the end of the story. I decided that, well, I'm baptized in Jesus' name according to the Bible, and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, so I can just go back to my church. And I say, the Lutheran church. So I walked into the Lutheran church, hallelujah, you know, and all, they're real formal and everything. And, you know, I kept saying, man, I want to get up here and I want to do some, there's something in me wanting to make me stand up here and do a little praising and a little shouting, you know. And, and, and so I took off around the church. No, not really. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. They would have escorted me out of there. Get that guy called Big Springs, have him come pick him up, man. No, but what I'm saying about, I stayed six months in that, in that formal Lutheran church having the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. And, and pretty soon, all of a sudden, God started talking to me about some things. He said, when you've been in the fire, the smoke just won't do. He said, you need to go find people of your like experience. And so I went to an apostolic Pentecostal church, started going there, hallelujah, and I've been going ever since, praise God. And shortly after that, God feel, called me to preach this gospel. I'm here to tell you it was a rushing, mighty wind that filled that early church. It wasn't a gentle breeze, but it was a passionate powerful move of God's Spirit in that place. And I've got it inside of me now. I've got that sound in me. I've got that rushing, mighty wind in me. And the Bible also says that cloven tongues as a fire set off. Well, why doesn't that happen? It ha I guess it can happen. But why don't we see that all the time? We see them speaking tongues and, and everything. People speak in tongues. But what about the fire on the top of the head? 
Well, come on, you with me? You see that golden candlestick? It was lit one time and it continually burned. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost was poured out. It was lit one time. It's forever burning in heaven. It doesn't have to be relit over and over and over. It was lit one time, never to need to be relit again. I want you to know I still got the fire. I've got the spirit, I've got the wind, I've got the sound, and I've got the power not on my head only, but I've got the power in my head. And some of you need to get consumed with this, with your head. Your head, when you talk about your head, you're talking about your mind, you're talking about your emotions. You need to get fire in your head. You need to get fired up for Jesus. How many of y'all got fire burning in your head right now? You got the fire of the Spirit not just on you but in you? Don't quench it. Don't hold it back. Don't suppress it. So as I look at this, then this, this New Testament church, then I find out exactly what the New Testament church is supposed to be like. I find out that it's a Spirit-filled, tongue-talking powered up church got fire in the mind it's affected their mind it's affected their heads it's affected their mouth it's affecting everything about them it's not some quiet zephyr now now i see i even preach to some pentecostals that have zephyrs blowing in their life they are. They're the little gentle breezes that blow in them, you know. And, and the fire that, you know, they're supposed to have in their head is nothing but a little flicker. <laughs> How many of you today have got the fire of God in your head, and you don't just have a little zephyr blowing in your soul, but you've got a rushing, powerful, transforming wind. It's not natural wind. It's supernatural wind. It's the spirit of the living God. And everybody, I don't care what they're a part of, are searching. They are searching for this experience. They are empty inside until they find this. But when they find this, they found Jesus. Because I want you to know that Pentecost is not a denomination. Pentecost was a feast. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost on a feast day. And I want you to know that the Feast of the Old Testament, Pentecost, was a type of Jesus. So that when they got filled with the Holy Ghost, they got filled with Pentecost. Because Jesus is Pentecost, and Pentecost is Jesus. And the Holy Ghost that was poured out on them and that they received is Jesus. Not the third person, but it's Jesus. He's Pentecost. He is the Holy Ghost. In fact, He's also the fire. All of these things, the fire, the wind, and the sound, they're just manifestations of, of Jesus. So if you want to know if Jesus is in the house, then you've got to go somewhere where there's a manifestation of Jesus taking place. And if Jesus is in the house, there's going to be a sound, there's going to be wind, and there's going to be fire. And it's going to be a fulfillment of the feast. It's going to be Pentecost. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't say Jesus is in the house if there's no manifestation of him. Well, Pastor, I've got Jesus inside of me, and I've never spoken in tongues, and I don't have any fire. I really doubt if you ever got it like the New Testament church got it. 
Because when you get it like the New Testament church got it, there's going to be a manifestation of Jesus. There's going to be a Pentecost in your life. There's going to be a fire in your life. There's going to be a wind in your life. It's going to be rushing. It's going to be mighty. It's going to be powerful. Because when Jesus shows up, there's a manifestation of his presence. And if there's no manifestation, then there's no presence. Because every time he shows up, there's always something that he's doing. There's always a revelation of Jesus. And I don't know about you this morning, but I came to let that fire and let that spirit and that feast be fulfilled in me. He wants to manifest himself here this morning. He doesn't just want to talk to your mind. He wants to talk to your soul. Come on, somebody. Do you have, look at your neighbor and say, do you have a manifestation of Jesus? He's the fire. He's the wind. He's the spirit. He's the feast of Pentecost. It's all about him. Ask him, ask him this, is Jesus in your house? Would you let him manifest himself inside it? What is manifest? Show, outwardly show. Would you let him show himself today? Would you let him manifest? How many of y'all want the fire of God to fill this house? How many of you want the fire of God to fill your heart? The wind of God to flood, to fill your soul? Before it's all over, hallelujah, you're going to experience it. Because he's here right now. But he wants to manifest his presence. The Lord is everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's in Walmart this morning by omnipresence. But he's not in Walmart like he is here now. He's not going to manifest himself in Walmart in fire and wind and tongue talking and a mighty sound. He's not going to do that. But he'll do it here because this is his church. And until you get this experience, you will go from church to church to church. One bar after another bar after another bar. One drug after another drug after another drug. One high, worldly high after another. But I'm here to tell you, when you get this, you got everything you need. When you get this, you got what you're looking for. I found it. And it's a miracle that God can anoint a Lutheran. I said, you're looking at a Lutheran this morning. But there's something that has happened inside of me. It's a manifestation of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, the fire is Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, the wind is Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, the Holy Ghost is Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, Pentecost is Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say it's not a little zephyr. And tell him it's a mighty blast. It was like a mighty blast. It was like a hurricane. It was like a tornado that hit that house. Some of you Pentecostals, you know, your reserve sit on your pew. Don't let me see you in a football game going, getting excited. Because if I do, I'm going to walk up to you and I'm going to say, hey, 
Why do you get excited in a football game and you get it can it get excited about eternal life? How can you get excited about a football game and not get excited about the fact that Jesus saved your soul from damnation? That he saved your soul from a devil's hell? That if it wasn't for his grace, some of us right now would be in hell. I know, I know the path that I was on. I know the direction I was headed. And if Jesus didn't intervene in my life supernaturally and manifest himself supernaturally, not religion, not churchianity, but supernaturally, if he had not manifest himself in my life that way. But I'm glad to tell you I got fire shut up in my bones. And the only fire that is consuming me is not a devil's hell, but the fire that consumes me is the power of God Almighty. And if that's not enough to get excited about, you need to get a revelation of what Jesus did for you, what he saved you from. I want you to know right now that this place called hell is a real place. That's a real place. That's what he saved me from. And he put me over here. You see some fire on the top of the heads of these people right here? That's when the church started right there. Hallelujah. And that fire didn't consume them. It just filled them. Woo. Give God some praise. So God wants you to know if you're going to fight fire, if you're going to fight fire, you got to fight fire with fire. And I'm here to tell you, I don't know how you came in here this morning, but before this service is over, I guarantee you're not going to be talking about what color the furniture was, what color the pews were, what color the carpet was, or what people were dressed like. If you come in here today before it's all over, you're going to have a contact with Jesus. You're going to come face to face with His glory and His power. He wants to save you from hell. You need this. This is the description of what a church is supposed to be like. It's a place where the manifestation of Jesus takes place. How many of y'all believe that? Give God some praise in this house. And I know we got a lot of people back there, and there's a few of us up here. But the Bible said that we're two or three are gathered together in His name. There He is in the midst of them. So I'm telling you right now, whether you realize it or not, Jesus is in this house, and He wants to manifest Himself. Look at your neighbor say, He's a mighty, mighty, rushing wind. Now, 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 calm down, calm down, calm down, and look at him and say, it wasn't a zephyr. You see what I'm telling you? That's the dark age church. The dark age church. They lost, they didn't, they stopped playing their instruments in the major key. They started playing it in the minor key. It sounded more like a funeral service when you went there because the church went into darkness. But I'm here to tell you that the light, the fire, the light of the world has come in this place. 
And so we don't play our instruments in the minor key only. Now we play it in the major key. It is a declaration that he's alive and not dead. But that, that dark age church really put him back in the grave and played like he was dead. But I'm telling you today, he's alive and you're standing on resurrection ground. Jesus in the house and this church had a passion. They were fired up. They were wind-driven. They were spirit-filled. They talked in tongues. Look at them and say, all. Oh, what about some people that I know that haven't spoken tongues yet? Look at your neighbor and say, all. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're in his church, not my church or this church, but his church, if you are in his church, according to this book of Acts, you will speak with other tongues, and you will have the fire of God in you, and it will not be a zephyr, but it will be a very powerful Say passion. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And I said it filled all the house where they were sitting. What are they doing? They're resting in what? They're resting in the finished work of the cross. You can get this experience not based on how good you are. You get this experience because he died for your sin. And if you will repent of that sin, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. You just have to rest in the fact that he died for you. So they were just sitting there. They were resting. Hallelujah. Now watch what happens. They were sitting in verse 3. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. Say rest. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, who's the Holy Ghost? Jesus. Romans 8 tells us, come on, the Spirit of Christ dwells in us. So the Holy Ghost is a manifestation of Jesus. And the Bible says this. They began to speak with other tongues. Uh-oh, that scares a lot of people away. You talk to them about miracles. You talk to them about people getting healed. Are y'all awake yet? Yeah, we believe in healing. Yeah, God healed them. But you start talking to people about speaking in other tongues, that freaks them out. When the Bible said, these signs shall follow them that believe. If you're a believer, these manifestations will follow you. Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. That is a manifestation of being filled with God's Spirit. So if you're a true believer, a true believer will have tongues following them. Give God some praise. And if he can feel a Lutheran, he can feel you. What, what were you, brother? Come and stand up here. Tell us what you were. Tell us. Come on, turn around and tell us. Hey, what was you? Oh, is that, that's the way they talk. Yeah, and now what are you? Apostolic! Woo! 
Holy Ghost feel. Yeah, don't worry about their response. <laughs> I told a preacher the other day, I said, you know what? I said, I, before I started pastoring, I, I sort of evangelized. I wasn't called to be evangelist, I don't think. But I sort of evangelized. That's what they call it when you go from church to church. And I was a young preacher, and I still am. <laughs> but when I first started preaching, I'd walk up there, and I could sense it in my spirit. They were thinking, wonder what this young buck's got to say. Wonder if he has anything to say. And, and some of those old heads that have been in Pentecost for years folded their arms and said, let me hear what you got to say. Little boy, talk to me. And I felt that spirit rise up in those old heads. And you know what God told me right off? He said, when you go in there, don't expect them to start the fire. You start the fire. And so they might have started out like this, wondering what this little boy had to say. But before it was all over, God had set me on fire. And when he set me on fire, then he set the congregation on fire. Never wait for somebody else to start the fire. You start the fire yourself because you've got God in you. And there needs to be a manifestation of that. But a lot of people today, they're waiting and sitting around for somebody to start the fire for them. You've got to learn to start the fire. So you know what? When you, when you preach like that and they don't do nothing... You don't let that quench that fire. Let God set you on fire. And no matter what you got to stubble and hay and whatever else you got to burn up out there, every devil in hell is going to be. And I say devil in hell, the devil has never been in hell. But I guarantee you one thing, they've touched, they've tasted the fire of the spirit of the living God and they can't handle that. I'm telling you, this church was passionate. They didn't wait for somebody else to start the fire. They let God start the fire. And when God started the fire, they just burned. Come on, somebody. Don't wait for somebody to start your fire for you. I'd go in there and I'd start preaching. I'd look at him and say, oh, okay, here we go. Same thing again. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it just fired me up more. What the response, all it did was, is just, it just ignited the dynamite. That's all it did. And when you sit on the preaching and you sit on the word, you sit on the move of God, you know what it does to me? It doesn't do anything but ignite the fire. It makes me more intense, more fired up. Because I understand what God taught me a long time ago when I first started preaching. You don't let nobody start your fire. You start your own fire and let it flow out there. Hallelujah! God's awesome! We haven't come in here every once in a while thinking that I'm a black preacher. Sister Celia, you know, when we were on Brazos, she came in. She thought I was a black preacher. She thought our church was a black church. Hallelujah. It is. It's black. It's white. It's red. It's yellow. It's whatever. It doesn't make But she said, I thought I was going into a black church. She was heading to Midland to her old formal religious system. God said, turn around. You need to go there. She comes walking into Brazos there. Hallelujah. 
She said afterwards, she said, I thought you were a black preacher. I said, no, I'm not a black preacher. I'm just a Holy Ghost preacher. I didn't know black preachers are supposed to out-preach the white preachers. Nobody told me that. And some of you Hispanics, it might do you some good too to understand that. But God doesn't want the black preacher to out-preach the white preacher. And God doesn't want the white preacher to out-preach the Hispanic preacher. What to God, this power consumes the black preacher, the white preacher, and the Hispanic. Because if not, Pentecost, the great danger of Pentecost is that we stop being Pentecostal. That you start going to the black churches and they've got reserved. And you start going to the Hispanic churches and they have become quiet. And they tell you don't dance and don't shout and don't run. Lord, we need a baptism of the fire of God. It grieves my spirit to hear young people come and they get caught up in the worship of this house and the praise and the fire of God that's here. And then they go to other churches and they, we, get, we understand that they are told not to be demonstrative in those places. And I'm not talking about Lutheran churches. And I'm not talking about Baptist churches. And I'm not talking about Catholic churches. I am talking about apostolic Pentecostal churches. That are telling their young people to sit down and be quiet. Are you crazy? White churches. White preachers sit in them and they're dead. One, one preacher asked me, said, hey, you know what? You know, this church we're going to right now, they got a little bit of praise in them. But they're not, they're not the fire and, you know, they don't have the worship like, you know, I know that God wants to bring in that house. I told him, I said, it doesn't start out in the pew. It starts behind the pulpit. And if the people are dead in the pew, it's because the pastor behind the pulpit is dead. It's not black. It's not white. It's not Hispanic. It's Holy Ghost. And the pattern is found in this book. Since when did we forsake the pattern that is in this book? Black, white, Hispanic, red, Japanese, Chinese. It doesn't matter. This is the pattern for the New Testament church. Old, young, middle-aged makes no difference. Because I've also heard this statement. Well, I'm old. So I can't shout and I can't run because I'm old. <laughs> or they're too young. These little children were picking up their snotty nose, throw up on the bus. Why do we even want them here? i tell you why we want them here. Because it's not true. It doesn't matter if they're children. It doesn't matter if they're youth. It doesn't matter if they're middle age. It doesn't matter if they're yuppies. It doesn't matter if they're guppies. It doesn't matter what they are. It doesn't matter how old you are. Do you have this experience on the inside of you? Are you passionate about your God? Have you experienced New Testament salvation? Hello, somebody. Sister Jennifer 
Sister Jennifer's aunt, Sister Studeville, she, when I was pastoring her in Crane, she was in her 50s. And I want you to know the Holy Ghost will begin to move like it is this morning. And that 50-year-old woman, she'd jump up. She, listen to me, church. She didn't wait on the young person to get up and run. She didn't. She didn't wait for the children to run. When the Holy Ghost started moving, all of a sudden, here goes Sister Studeville. An over, she's older 50, over 50 years old. And she takes off running around the church. Ah, ah. And when she did that, the place come unloose. Because you know why? What I'm telling you right now, it's not black. It's not white. It's not Hispanic. It's not about your segregation. It's God came to desegregate and put you in his kingdom. It's not about how young or how old you are. Do you have the fire of Pentecost and the power of the Holy Ghost burning in your soul? And you can go to all kinds of churches. They call themselves Pentecostal apostolic. And you feel more, it feels more like one of those old denominal systems than it does where the power and presence of God Almighty is. Oh, we need to pray. We need to pray that that never happens to this church. That we never lose the fire. That we never lose the sound. That we never lose the praise. That we never lose the tongues. That we never lose the manifestation of Jesus in our midst. As I see this scripture, there is nothing about the New Testament church and those who have experienced its experience that is quiet. There's nothing about it that's quiet. It's a rushing mighty wind. Sound coming in there. Fire speaking in tongues. It's a loud place for loud people. Hallelujah. Some people say, well, I would go to that church, but they're too loud. Yeah, well, we know where you're loud at. You're not, you're not loud in the church. You're loud at home. Church, and you're quiet. We know where you're loud. Church is a loud place for loud people. And if you'll shout here and you'll praise God here, you'll have quietness in your house. I got one question for you. Do you think heaven is going to be formal? Do you think heaven is going to be quiet? Do you think heaven is going to be passive? This concept of angels floating around on clouds, strumming their harps. That's not in the Bible, my friend. The book of Revelation talks about heaven. Hello, heaven. It's not just a place we're going to. It's a place where we are in the spirit. We are seated together in him in heavenly places. So it's where we are now. He talks about heaven. He said it sounded like the voice of many waters when Jesus spoke. Hello, voice of many waters. The Bible said the praise was so loud, it sounded like ten thousands and thousands and thousands, myriads of people praising God. It sounded like a mighty fall, like Niagara's rumble. I want you to know heaven, there's nothing about heaven that's quiet. There's nothing about heaven that's passive. Come on. 
And when some of y'all started coming to church, you looked at us blare-eyed, <laughs> insane wackos, and said, I will never act like them. You know how, you know how I know? Because you're looking at one of those people. Who walked in there and said, I'll never act like those people. They can, they can open my mouth and pour the Holy Ghost. Just, it just flow through me. It doesn't matter. It can explode me. But I'll never act like them. I'm too cool. I'm too cool. I got it all together. I don't want my hair out of place. And I won't ever act like them. Guess what? Never say never. Because when God gets a hold of you. And fills you with his spirit. He will transform you into something that you are not. And there will be a manifestation of Jesus. And it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't come oh. Doesn't matter what age you are. Those are excuses. Hello? Y'all doing all right out there? It doesn't matter what your personality is. Type A personality, type B personality, type C personality, type D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, L, P, Q, R, S, C, U, B. It doesn't matter what kind of personality you are. You get filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. It will transform you. It will change you. It will take that type A and change you and give you a type B. It will take a type B and turn you into a type A. And I don't even know what those types are. It has nothing to do with personality. It was a passionate church. Do you understand what I'm telling you? And it's really sad. Really sad. When apostolic Pentecostal people, you go into their services and there's death there. And then you're standing up and you're worshiping God and you're praising God. And they look at you like you're crazy. Listen, church, I'm not talking to you about some denominal church. I'm talking about a church that claims to be full of the Spirit. I'm talking about a church that claims to have the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about a church that claims to baptize in Jesus' name, the Bible. I'm talking about a church who believes in the oneness of God, who have become dead. And they just can't wait for you to show up in their meetings because they know that when you get there, you're going to ignite something in that house. And so you go in there. I'm talking about Pentecostal Apostolic Church. You go in there and whoo, you start praising God, jumping up and down, getting into the Word, you know. And those old ones, I talk about the old heads. And they don't have to, they don't have to be old age, just old heads. They look at you and go, why are they acting like that? Why are they, what are they so excited about? You know what? You need to get a taste of hell. You need to get a taste of what God delivered you from. You need to get a vision of Jesus and a vision of heaven. Because if you could just see what heaven's allowed, it's a loud place for loud people. And it's happening and it's moving and it's, come on somebody, it's shaking. It's like a mighty earthquake. It's like lightning in movement. It's like thunder in message. It's like earthquake in manifestation. So that what you see in Acts chapter 2 is what the book of Revelation says is happening in us. Thunder, lightning, and a mighty earthquake going off. 
How many of you have ever seen lightning and thunder and an earthquake quietly? It just goes through its place very quietly. Come on. Leaving nothing behind, no effects. Everything's intact. Everything's in place. Hello. No sweat, no tears, no blood, no nothing. It just goes blowing in very nice and gently. No thunder and light. You've heard it, didn't you hear it last night? Thunder and lightning. Lightning is the movement of the most holy place. Thunder is the message of the most holy place. And the earthquake is the manifestation of the lightning and the thunder. And when you've got lightning and thunder going off there, you've got a day of the Lord type of experience. And what happened on that book of Acts is a day of the Lord type experience. And when he moves, listen to me, in the book of Genesis, when he moved in the garden, paradise, hello paradise. When he moved in there, the Bible talks, of, come on. The voice of the Lord moved in the cool of the day. Are literally in the spirit of the day. You know what? It literally means that he came in on the wings of the cherubim. And when the cherubim, when he came in in that chariot, the Merkabah, those wings were flapping so loud, sounded like helicopters going off. And when God comes in a place, it's like thunder and lightning and an earthquake that's going off. It sounds like choppers in the air. I'm here to tell you right now, it's, there's nothing dead about it. There's nothing quiet about it. It's a rushing, mighty wind. And if you want it, you can have it. I said, if you want it, you can have it. How many of you got, you got tired of being religious? I hope you, if you're Pentecostal and you have become a religious Pentecostal, I hope that at some point you get sick and tired of being sick and tired and you let a manifestation of Jesus take place in your spirit and when you get tired of fussing and fighting at home that you'll find a place of prayer when you get tired of ripping each other apart you start ripping the devil apart. Give God some praise in this house. I want you to know that God can put back the marriage together. He can put it together. He can heal the marriage. He can heal your sick bodies. He can heal your sick mind. He can heal your emotions today. He can... He can save your children today. He can fill your children with the Holy Ghost. He can get them off of Ridland. He can get them off of drugs. He can, come on somebody! <laughs> that's as far as I'm going to get to go. I wanted to preach the whole thing. But that's it, man. Hallelujah. How many of you got the Holy Ghost burning in you right now? And here's the good news. It's to whosoever will. If you're willing, you can get it. If you're willing, let me put it this way. We always say, get, get, did you get the Holy Ghost? We always say, get it. Did you get it? Well, it's not an it. 
It's, a, it's Jesus. So let me put it to you like this. You can get him. And when you get him like we got him, there's going to be a manifestation of his presence. I'm telling you. Ain't no way. There's no way you can sit when the power of God is moving. I'm glad you're here. That's what you've been looking for all your life. I know so. It ain't probably. I know so. Hallelujah. Give God some praise in this house. Look to your neighbor and say, it's not my personality right now. It's a manifestation of Jesus. Because if you really got to know me, you'd find out that I'm really quiet and reserved just like you. But when Jesus starts moving on the inside, he transforms your life. He can take a Baptist Jonathan. He can take a Lutheran Carter. And he can take a drug addict house. That was his religion. That was his faith. That's the only faith he had was drugs. Stand up. Get up here, brother. Stand on that platform. And take a drug addict house. His religion was drugs. Fill him with the Holy Ghost. Completely changed his life. It, it took, it took, now don't, don't feel like that, you know, you can't experience this immediately. But we're not going to throw you down tonight, today. So come back. It took me at least a year, I think close to two years to get this, you know, this religion of drugs <laughs> standing right here. Two years he come here and just sit there and look at me like some of you Pentecostals do. For two years. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, he, he walked up to me, and he said, I want to be baptized. I said, you do what? <laughs> he said, I, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. <laughs> I thought to myself, miracles will never cease. <laughs> well, he got baptized in Jesus' name, and I think he got the Holy Ghost, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> he claims the Holy Ghost, you know. And I remember, you know, he used to tell me, oh, you know, when his religion was drugs, he'd drive down the road, he'd get angry, and all of a sudden he'd just slam on the brake. <laughs> still do. <laughs> like his pastor, I still do that sometimes. Anyway, that's another story. <laughs> God's good, isn't he? But he told me, he said, one day, he, he was a chain smoker, man. Wasn't you? Almost. See, I'm going to add to his story. He was a chain smoker, man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Couldn't stop. That's pretty, yeah, pretty heavy. He said after he got baptized in Jesus' name, going down the road one day, he just rushed over there and grabbed those cigarettes and went. And he's never smoked again. The only smoke that's, that's coming out of him is Holy Ghost smoke. <laughs> you know, I can kind of relate to his lifestyle, but I wasn't quite as bad as him. 
I mean, you could take his picture and put my picture side by side, and you say, yeah, pastor was a little, he wasn't as bad. <laughs> he was messed up. I mean, you, could even, you wouldn't even recognize the guy today if you saw his picture in the, in the annual. <laughs> Hallelujah. What I'm trying to tell you, if he can do it for me, he can do it for Brother Jonathan, he can do it for Brother Mark, he can do it for Dan Brother Daniel, or all of you. A brother Thomas Preto, who still dreams about dressing up like Rambo. I, I told him, I said, just dress up like Rambo in church. You can come to church dressed like Rambo. I don't care. We're not reserved. Bring your machete, machine gun, your, your army fatigues. I, I, don't, I would love to see you like that, man. He dreams about dressing up like Rambo. He can come to church that way. I mean, if he can save these guys, he can save anybody. If he can save me, he can save anybody. You know, Brother Daniel told, told us one day, he said, you know what? He hated shy people. He used to just beat them up because they were shy. And I said, boy, I sure am glad I never met him in a dark alley. But you see, now that I'm full of the Holy Ghost, he don't mess with me. He don't mess with me now. I get his arms and rip him out of the sockets. <laughs> right, Brother Patrick? God's good, isn't he? Give the Lord a hand clap praise. And the last thing I want to tell you is that when you start living for God, a lot of people and even the enemy will tell you that your days of fun are over. But that's a lie. That's what the enemy will tell you. But when you get Jesus, the joy and the fun has just begun. You never, never, you never start living until you get this experience. And when you do, you talk about joy. You talk about having a good time. We have a good time in the kingdom, don't we? Well, let's pray and let's go out there and see what they're doing. It's still early, so I know they're still doing it. Hallelujah. So, hallelujah. So we're going to walk out there. We're going to see them having church out there. Praise the Lord, okay? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now for your presence. Thank you for your word today. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your salvation today. And I pray for every person that is here right now that if they have not experienced this new birth experience, it's for them. Bring them to a revelation of the truth and a knowledge of the truth. And Lord, today we trust and we believe that if you could reach us, you could reach them. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Now, now, okay. I feel the Holy Ghost, the Lord telling me to do one thing. Because we need to know how to receive this and how to get Him, Him. Right? Well, I just preach about it, then, then let you go home and you wonder, well, how do I? Well, show you how. Acts chapter 2, in that same chapter, if you will look in verse 38. Wow, let's start in verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter, and to the rest of the apostles. 
men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. That's the first step. You know what that is? It's simply a change of mind. By choice, you change your mind. You're heading one direction. You turn around. You say, I am going to go a different direction with my life. That's all it is. Repentance is a change of mind. Bible said, repent, change your mind, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For what? To put you in a denomination? No. For the remission of your sins. That means when you go down in water in the name of Jesus, everything that you've ever done, I don't care how bad it was, when you go down in water in the name of Jesus, His blood that was shed at Calvary is applied to your life and completely washes it away. So that when you rise up out of that water, you arise to walk a brand new creation. Now watch. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What I just preached to you about, you shall receive that gift. It says you shall. It doesn't say you might. It says you will receive it. You just have to believe it. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Right? Y'all believe that? It's a gift. Let's give God some praise. Lord, we worship you right now. Hallelujah. For Lord God, you have unleashed or you have moved in this house by the wind of your Spirit. We've lifted up your name. And we thank you for the blood that's been applied to our lives. And none of us in this house are 100% perfect. But you took us while we were yet in sin. And you saved us. And from that time to this day and onward, you will continue to change us and deliver us from more and more and more. But we thank you, O oh God, that we were willing to start the race, even though we have not yet finished it. We know that you'll take us to the end. And we love you and we praise you. And Lord, we know right now the enemy would come to try to come against your people and accuse them and tell them to give up. But Lord God, we understand that this morning that we have been born again. But we are in a growing process. And we thank you, Jesus, that you continually work in our lives to bring us to maturity in you. And we, we love you and we worship you. We thank you for your move this morning. We thank you for all the guests that have come here today. Keep your hand upon them. And God, bring them to the knowledge of the truth, we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, in Jesus name. amen. You're dismissed. And if you want to, you can go through these doors and out there to the gym. Let's see what's going on out there, all right? They got all the children out there. Hallelujah.